yeah, one of those nights. That's that's how bad of a night that was. Cheers. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. First off, I can't believe I'm still covering this team and have all my hair. Like, I haven't pulled out all this hair yet. I, You know what? It, it's funny because about a month and a half ago, Mike and I were thinking this almost the same thing when a 3-1 Anaheim Ducks uh, comeback, pretty much they came out from a 3-0 deficit, to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 4-3 in overtime, almost sent this Leafs team into a frenzy, but now months late, almost pretty much a month and a half later, the Tom Leafs, I guess, got the revenge that they needed with that 7 nothing victory over the Ducks. This was so payback. This was absolutely payback for the Ducks coming back and Toronto. I'm, I'm just going to say it because I want to have at least some fun on my end. At least the Ducks got to give the Leafs the opportunity to blow another 3-1 lead. And that'll be the only joy I get this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, it, you know what? Watching this game in the first period, it looked like this was going to be a tough one for the Leafs. It really did. Even though they were they were they they were up to nothing, it was a battle. Like you, Ilya Samsonov had to make sixteen saves in that first period. So it, it seemed like. Going into this game, it was all about this is a kind of a trap game for Leafs just because of where they were in the standings, how they've been playing, and how Anaheim has been playing. It really did get that feel in that first period that Anaheim was was not going to make it easy. And then it just it all kind of went apart. You know, John Gibson gets hurt. He has to leave the game. Mm-hmm. And guys that the Leafs don't usually see goals from, Alexander Kerfoot, had two goals going into this game. He had two goals on the night of his own. You got Joey Anderson scoring his first goal. Mitch Marner extending the streak. It was just everything that could have gone right for the Leafs went right in this game. And anything that could have gone wrong for Anaheim is just seemed to have gone wrong. Anything really, that could have gone wrong for Anaheim this season has gone wrong. Not just this game. So, you know... Would you characterize this as the worst loss for Anaheim this season? Um, No, and I'll tell you why. Because Toronto actually has a competent team. Toronto has a semblance of a team. And this did feel legit like a revenge game. I saw the Toronto fan base. I I saw your episode. I saw how y'all responded after that game. It was a meltdown. It was a complete meltdown. And I said one of two things are going to happen. I mean, I was hoping the Ducks would sweep the season series, but in my heart, I knew, oh man, Toronto's just going to come out and destroy them. And they actually did destroy them. I didn't see it as the Ducks coming out guns blazing early on. Because once Toronto got that first goal, right away I said, oh, it's over. It's already over because the floodgates will assuredly open, and sure enough, they did. So I don't think I saw it the same way you quite did just because I've seen how this Ducks team operates once they allow that first goal. That's how it always is. When I when I looked at this, like the matchup, I looked okay. Anaheim was playing the night before. They got shut up by the Ottawa Senators, who haven't exactly been a good team themselves this year. Yeah, that's, that's one of the worst losses of the season. 
that's where I thought personally that this was going to be in the least favor, just because they had that going for them. Not, yep. you know, but we have seen the Leafs at times go up against teams that they should beat, and it's a train wreck, right? And we and but I was you know listening to this game and listening to the uh, post game report from the uh, radio crew for the Leafs that were covering. They yep. said. This is kind of showing maybe the Leafs are taking this differently because we have seen the countless moments of embarrassment for this fran- for this Leafs franchise. Yep, you, you know what the the game earlier this season, Exhibit One, <laughs> Exhibit One was that game earlier this season where frankly the Ducks the Ducks had no business winning that game against Toronto at the Pond. I was still and, shocked. And, yeah, and right, and that's where. The game tonight, yeah, retribution will, but it also just shows how much has changed for the Le- this Leafs team in this time. Has really much changed in terms of Anaheim? Yes, kind of their- yes, and I'll tell you why. Because the Ducks are missing a couple of key players that were there before. Did you notice that Jamie Drysdale has been out for a while? Yeah. <laughs> Remember how much Jamie Drysdale kind of helped that comeback for the Ducks back then. This was right before he got the labor injury. And now he's out for the season. So they're missing him, certainly. Missing Max Jones. I mean, the Ducks had to go 11-7 tonight. Because I don't know if you saw early on, but there was a late scratch in the game where all of a sudden Dallas Eakins had to go back to 11-6 just when he had finally gone back to a regular lineup. It was 12-6 for the first time in a while. And then all of a sudden, Max Jones was a late scratch. And in comes Colton White, so 11-7 again. The only line doing anything worth a damn right now is the Henrik, Troy Terry, Trevor Zegers line, and that's it. Everything else has been a dumpster fire. Max Comtois on your second line? Ooh, boy. Stroman, Vitrano, they haven't looked good. And Klingberg, um, not top defenseman anymore. It's not Fowler and Klingberg. It's Fowler and Dmitry Kulikov as the top pairing. Probably not what you were expecting when you started the season. Like, you know, Klingberg was probably the surprise of the offseason when he signed there for me when I look at all of those things that happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, injuries have definitely had their impact. I mean, the Leafs have had their fair share of injuries, but, you know, they're a team that has, you know, it's a good team. You lose a couple of players and you're hoping that the parts around can kind of keep it going. Anaheim is a rebuilding team that, you know, added some of these pieces, but you take a couple of them away, and that's where the lack of depth really starts to show. I guess. Oh, you know, no I, kidding! Like no you, kidding. Max Comtois. You asked anybody a few years ago about Max Comtois, they're thinking that this is one of the more one of the emerging young players in the game. Really, I know us here in Canada, we remember Max Comtois from the World Juniors and what he did. And tonight, you know, he had a great he had a great chance on that, and we hear them talk about how. It hasn't really come together for him, you know, as a prospect for this team, for Anaheim. Um, I'll disagree with that in the sense that Comtois did lead the team in goals two years ago. But then he's he's had to battle back from injury. So I would say during the pandemic-shortened season, it was starting to come together. And he was beginning to have a complete season get cut short by the panorama. And now... He's just been battling back, battling back, trying to get back to that 100%, trying to get back to that guy that the Ducks fans know he can be. 
and now him on that second line. I mean, I'll agree with you in the sense that he's, he is still highly touted, and he does still have the talent. He's just got to put it together for a complete 82 games. So what does that look like for, you know, the Anaheim Ducks? What is there a timeline that has been kind of discussed of when this team can get to this point? This year was supposed to be the year where they were going to move forward. Last season, if you if you recall, the Ducks had that hot start where they were in first place. Remember that? This time last year, December 13th, 2021, the Ducks were in first place. Were. They were even still in first during New Year's Eve. And then the bottom fell out. And then the All-Star break happened. They had those that two-week layoff. And after that, everything fell apart. Everything. Their longest win streak after the All-Star break was one. <laughs> one. That's it. It's truly kind of remarkable just kind of how it all, uh, how it kind of all has gone for this, for this franchise. Because I just remember the Ducks of, you know, even 2000 and pretty much before Fred, when Frederick Anderson was traded to Toronto, so it was say 2016. Before that, so we're talking were, about when the Ducks made the conference final against Nashville. Yes. You know, Bruce Boudreaux, the, you know, Famous couldn't get past the game seven. Um, so at least no thing or two about. But do you do you suspect that this is kind of the type of season this team needs to have it to really realize where the faults are? I I think so, and I think a lot of fans are beginning to realize that the fault is lying in in the coaching, which which is a whole other topic that I've talked about. Time in and time out. But Dallas Eakins is in his fourth season, and he is not helping anybody at all. So I, I think it's time. I think it's really time. And I'm wondering, so that was going to be my final question before. And we'll, we'll take a short break and you can ask me some questions as well. But is this, is this, a, is, do you feel like now it's a, it's kind of a watch clock for Dallas Eakins in Anaheim? Because I'm a little surprised he's lasted this long. Just because of everything that's gone on with this team, mm-hmm. where they're expected to go with this young group. Well, it didn't take a nine-game losing streak two years ago. It didn't take benching Trevor Zegras a year and a half ago, and even last season. It didn't take an eleven or a twelve-game losing streak. None of that mattered. Apparently, Dallas Eakins probably has the longest leash in the National Hockey League right now. You thought that um, what's his face for Ottawa has a long leash. Dallas Eakins leash is twice as long. I'm I'm shocked he's still in there. I was surprised that he got that fourth season, the extension on his contract. At this point, he may he may as well just stay at this point. I mean, if they're gonna tank, they may as well just tank hard and go for Bernard at this point. All right. Well, we're gonna we'll discuss a little bit more about that because there I do have a couple of other questions about the Ducks. And then you get to ask me about the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know everyone likes to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs as we've come to know in our uh, in our group chat. So, oh, you, you want to bet? <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. So, oh, yeah. So before we do that, uh, let me tell you about today's show sponsor. And that is BetOnline.net, your number one source for betting info, stats, new analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every 
professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball world cup hockey they got it all at betterline.net you love sports you can even find the sports podcasts you can find those on bet online as well they are the fastest easiest way to get all your betting info head to the website today or use your mobile device to find more betterline where the games bet online is the official online sportsbook of the lockdown podcast network and folks Please gamble responsibly and do not bet on the ducks right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we want to welcome you back into the lockdown crossover between the lockdown leads and lockdown ducks. We're kind of reacting here to the seven nothing victory for the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Anaheim Ducks. I know, Jason, it's tough. Hence the I drink. Was- Hence the drink. I am very, I'm very glad you did come on because you know, I'm, 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 a, you know, I've been a curious observer of the Anaheim Ducks, you know, from for the last few years, ever since they got actually McTavish. Yep. Basically, he's a he's a prospect that I've had a I've liked a lot. I mean, he captured a lot of ice here with the Gold Juniors. Then you got guys like Trevor Zegers, one of the more exciting players to watch in the league. Because oh, Canadians still hate Trevor Zegers. They hate him. Well, Canadians, fans, hockey fans, we got to get over that. We'll do They got to get over it. Hey, it's not, it's not my fault that Trevor Zegers talked a lot of trash and said, Canada hasn't faced a real team yet. And then look what happens. I just wanted to remind you that. That's all. Look, look Jason, considering what happens to the Ducks, I will definitely allow you to have that moment with the U.S. Uh, World Juniors. But that was a very tough, tough game to watch. I would just... I just remember shaking my head during that game because it was true. Canada hadn't really played a good team up until that point. Mike and I kind of discussed it a little bit on the podcast way back when that all happened. And just being very disappointed with Canada, but also realizing you know, once in a while you got to face a good team to kind of see where you're at. Yeah, I think at the time I was talking with another lockdown host about that very game. And he also shook his head and said, how did we get here? How did how did that happen? And I said, Trevor Zegras, he's got that killer instinct. I mean, not so much lately, but he does have it. I mean, look at, you know, I'm going to say it. Look at the Dia de los Muertos game against the Maple Leafs. Who got the game-winning goal? Trevor Zegras. And I really thought that would propel the Ducks this season. Like, that win, I thought, could be the turning point, And it just hasn't. So... Is the expectation Connor Bedard? I know that like, you can't specifically say we're going for this player because teams have been tra- saying that teams have tried to do it and sometimes it doesn't work out. Although, like Buffalo, when Buffalo. they tried, <laughs> David. Um, but is that like will the will? I mean, I can tell you from watching Connor Bedard, it will be worth it if that's the way it goes. But is that kind of the expectation with that fan base in Anaheim? Short answer, yes. <laughs> Long answer, hell yes. Look, the Ducks are aware that they're not going to make the playoffs. Not even a semblance. The Ducks are teetering on historically bad right now. They're teetering that way. May I remind you, the Ducks still have one regulation win this season. One. After 30 games. You know what they're on pace to do this season? win three regulation games. And the record's eight. They might break it. 
So I think the expectation is absolutely either Bedard or Fantilli. Fantilli is a great player in his own right. I kind of hearken it to that draft that you mentioned, where Buffalo tried to tank to get Connor McDavid. They wound up with the consolation prize, I guess, of Jack Eichel, who, as of this recording, has still not played a playoff game yet. So I don't know if Fantilli is going to be like the savior for the Ducks. He's going to be very, very good. But I don't know if he's the savior that Bedard could be. So that's the expectation. And I, 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 Mike and I kind of, I remember we were talking about how much we liked all the Anah- all of Anaheim's youth. And I kind of, I think I said, imagine if you had Connor Bedard to that group. Hmm. Like we, we kind of joke, we kind of joked about it, but never really realizing that could actually be a possibility for that team. But is this- that what's missing though? Is that what's missing from this Anaheim team? Is it a Connor Bedard? Or is it something else? Or, well, maybe more than something else. It's more than something else. It's both players and also coaching. They need the right coach to to really mold that youth. And we have found out over the last four years that Dallas Eakins is not that guy. I've mentioned the benching of Zeus. We forgot. He's benched Mason McTavish as well. He did so a plethora of times last season. And even the first few games this year where McTavish was getting seven, eight minutes a game and being relegated to the fourth line, Eakins is not the guy for this job, especially with all the youth that are coming up right now. Olin Zellweger, who, by the way, is leading the WHL in scoring for all defensemen, and a guy that I think was a snub for Team USA, Sasha Pasujov, how do you like watching uh, Sasha on OHL this season? You know, they, the Ducks have always done a great job drafting. I, I we, Mike, we, I, you can name so many players. I think the big, big one here too is, um, so, you, the coaching. Is there somebody in the wings with that team, or is it going to have to be they have to find somebody that's going to have to do that job? Um, it was going to be the goals coach last season, um, but that did not work out all that well. Actually, that whole situation kind of blew up in their face. And now the goals have Roy Summer as a coach who's kind of a bridge between who they're probably going to go after next. So I think it's going to be a complete clean house, both with the Ducks and the goals. Roy Summer was, for all intents and purposes, retired. He came out of coaching retirement from the Barracuda and is coaching one final time. I mean, that's what, that's kind of what we're expecting. One final go-around with the goals, who are also in last place, by the way. So I think it's going to be a complete, just clean house. And Pat Verbeek is going to get his guy. I don't know who yet, but he might have someone out there. We don't know. Now, the Toronto Maple Leafs have been there before. Mm-hmm. We, when it was 2014, not really tanking at that point. It was, they were bad. So they got a top five draft pick that ended up being Mitch Marner. 2015 was a season where they decided, all right, we're going to make sure we're bad to go and get Austin Matthews. And you want to talk about pain. That 2015 season, Leo Komarov, 
was the Leafs all-star in that mm-hmm. season. Or one of those seasons. It was, yeah, I think it was that Oh, season. put some respect on Leo Komarov's name now. Come on. <laughs> Uncle Leo was a beloved member of Leafs Nation, but he was also a sacrificial lamb that ended up being the season to get Austin Matthews. And then, you know, they, the Leafs have tried very hard to not make this as painful of a process. And look, the regular season has not been a painful for the Leafs fans. It's always been the playoffs. Sure. As somebody who's watched the Leafs from the outside, especially on the West Coast, because I know sometimes it's a little tougher on the West Coast to watch watch these games. And I, I maybe that's probably a saving grace for you, but I know you're on the East Coast now, so you're not you're not fully. Uh, <laughs> I know that it's not it's not something you can easily escape. But what have you? Any questions, Roy? I mean, what have your observations been of the league so far? Oh boy, I've got a few. So one of the things that I actually really like about the Leafs right now is, um, okay, what is it about that top line of Toronto that just likes to destroy everybody? Like, really? What well, is the, it? The funny thing is, is they when they split up Matthews and Marner, because there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of media members. They were questioning whether to do it because it was looking as if almost like a demotion for Marner because, you know, his play took off when he went with Matthews. Mm-hmm. But what it's actually done is that, you know, Austin Matthews can go out there. And because Mitch Marner's on such a point, I know he's on such a tear right now, opposing teams are like, we're going to focus on Mitch Marner. And Austin Matthews is just like, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'll take the second best option we have defense wise. And, you know what? It, you we, the thing about that top line and doesn't get enough credit is William Nylander. Oh, is, Willie, he's getting that. It's you know it's funny because I guarantee years ago people would have looked at a potential trade for William Nylander and the Ducks being a team that might have had packages that could have gone William Nylander, but no one's talking about trading William Nylander right now because in my opinion he has been. Up there. I mean, everyone on... I've always been a Nylander guy. I've always defended him, even back to his days with the Marlies when he was just coming up. Yeah. Like, you could see the game that he has there. You know, it's it's weird because, you know, he was the first of the the three in terms of the three young drafted between him, Matthews, and Marner. Nylander was the first guy that this... uh, that kind of joined this group. He was drafted by the old regime, but Shanahan was kind of around for it. And, you know, it's taken some time. There's been some growing pains. He doesn't play a game that suits everybody's like, you know, likability meter. Right. Uh, but I think this season, there's no doubting that William Nealander has taken his game to a different level because his head coach has said it. He says, it's time to put a little more respect to this name. That's pretty much what, Sheldon Keith has been saying the last while. And you know what? You read the stories that have come out about William Nylander, a lot of the media members are starting to say that now. They weren't saying it before. They were saying Nylander's kind of a guy, right? Like he's a good he's a part of the team. But when we think about the core group, it's always starts with Matthews, Marner, Tavares, then Nylander. Now mm-hmm. Nylander's starting to get a little bit more into that conversation with with the top two guys. Yep, and I I know this is always my big question with Toronto, and it especially is this season, is how far can your goaltending go this season? Because I know 
a lot of people liked Soup on that team. You know, Jack Campbell, you know, was a competent goaltender and actually had some stretches where he was just downright magical in Toronto. And I followed him because, you know, I saw him play when he was down with the Ontario Reign of the AHL. So I got to I got to see a lot of Jack Campbell up close. And getting to see him kind of flourish in a way for those couple of months in Toronto, I thought he could potentially take that team far. And I I thought Jack Campbell would be the goalie that could get them into a deeper playoff run that season. So now with him gone, now you have your tandem. How far can they go? That That's an interesting one because, yeah, Jack Campbell, there was a lot of Mike, – Mike and I had always wanted to point out about how goaltending wasn't great for the Leafs down the stretch. But Jack Campbell in the playoffs was was pretty good. The problem was Andre Vasilevsky was just that much better. Mm-hmm. There's not there wasn't really much Jack Campbell was going to do to be better than Andre Vasilevsky, and the, and the Leafs weren't beating Andre Vasilevsky. But when I look at you know Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov, you know you have Matt Murray. The thing that everybody was talking about was a selling point with him was the two Stanley Cup rings, right? Something that the Leafs have not seen in. God knows how long. So it's you know everyone. I, I could talking. do the math. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I know we're getting, we're approaching there in a while, but and then you have Samsonov, who uh, that's been the biggest surprise for me. Matt Murray, there's there's a there's at least a resume there. There's a back past where he's been good with Samsonov, and you saw it tonight against the Ducks. Mm-hmm. This is a goaltender I think that was mislabeled. In, in Washington. He was a first-round pick by that Capitals team. He was supposed to be their Vasilevsky. Now, he hasn't played. He's not there yet, but I think what has allowed the Leafs to get through even these tough periods is, is his play, and that's been the biggest surprise for me because I didn't expect Samsonov to be this good. I expected maybe league average. But he's been above league average, and you know he continued his undefeated. He has not lost a single game at home. He is eight and zero at home. Now, what's going to be the knock on these goaltenders? Can they both stay healthy? Because they both have dealt with health issues this, to start this season. That's the only question mark that really the Leafs have with their goaltending right now. And I would think that's got to be a little bit concerning, but I wouldn't be too too worried about that. I honestly think that Toronto has a decent chance to get out of the first round this season just because Samsonov, as we saw on this game, he has stretches where he can be pretty dominant. And this felt like it. I mean, yeah, the Ducks could have put up some better shots. They had some quality shots, but maybe this is it. Maybe. Uh, it's the only timer is going to tell because, you know, I was uh, watching the game with my cousin and he said to me, you know what? It's good that they're having games like this, performances like this, where they're showing how good they can be. But mm, he's like playoffs. Yeah. Playoffs where it's all it all matters. All this right now is we're going to analyze. We're going to microanalyze this Leafs team but the playoffs is what matters. Maybe you can put all the jokes to bed on that one. 
Hey, you know what? Ducks Ducks know this. Game 7 at home lost in 2013 and 2014 and 2015 and 20, you know what? I'm going to stop right there because oh, especially the game 7 against the Blackhawks. The Ducks should have won that series, but that's in the past. So, at least there's a little bit of similarity there. Maybe at least your team's making the playoffs, but maybe this is it. You know what? It's so tough to. I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing from this Leafs team, but we have seen the Leafs go on stretches where they're good, mm-hmm. and they go out and look. Right now, they're slated to meet Tampa in round one again. That was going to be my final question: Who is the team that you're fearing in the playoffs? Well, look, if the San Tampa's not an easy out, they no. proved against in that other game against the Leafs a few weeks ago that. They can turn us. They can flip a switch and and come and play the game they need to in the big moments. But I will say this: the Leafs took them to seven. That game, that series should have ended in six. Um, I think there are less again more lessons learned. But it's Tampa. Boston has been really good. I have, the Leafs have only played Boston once, so. It's tough for me to really say if Boston's a team I fear. I mean, you fear them because they're playing so well, but mm-hmm. I don't fear them currently just because, you know, I, I, I fear more of what Tampa has done throughout the years versus Boston has been playing so well. They haven't really faced the adversity this season. So I'm more concerned about Tampa than I am about Boston. That That's very fair. <laughs> I mean, Tampa is still the three-time defending Eastern champion. So, got to knock him out at some point. Yeah, so that's that's going to be something we'll uh, we'll be keeping an eye on. Uh, Jason, I want to thank you for joining me. I know this was not an easy podcast to record, but you, sir, are a a good sport. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I... Yeah, this Duck team has no D right now. None. You just have those like handy with you, like that's amazing, man. We're we're really holding back on our locked on these listeners by not having these these cards with us. That's incredible. Oh, you should see when I'm at home and I have all my props there too. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, I'm actually while I have you here. So can you uh, let the you know, anybody who wants to watch your uh, watch your stuff? Where can they get it? Where uh, where can they find you? Well. You can find me on Twitter at StimpyJD. That's right down there. And if you check out my personal Twitter, um, I met a duck again. I don't know if you're familiar with Wrinkle the Duck. The the marathon running duck. I I met a real-life duck. So I I thought that would be a good sign. Turns out it wasn't. But you could check that out on my personal Twitter. And the show's Twitter is at LO underscore ducks. Uh, What else am I doing these days? Let's see. I'm... Uh, contributing for Defend the Nest, which covers the San Diego goals. And might have some other stuff coming up, but we'll see. And yeah, you can check out this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. That includes, you know, Spotify, Stitcher, not Smoke Signal, um, not CB Radio, not Ham Radio, not yet. (laughs) Maybe one day. (laughs) We'll get there. Maybe one day I'll drink enough where I'll just be like, you know what? I'm going to go on the ham radio tonight and just talk crap about this team for an hour and see who shows up. <laughs> it's getting to that point. 
I, you know what? I commend you. I, I always say this, and folks who are listening to this podcast, just think it's tougher to cover the teams that are in a position like the Ducks are than the Leafs. Yep. Because I give, I give you a lot of credit. Five days a week, you're finding ways to help this team and trying to do it in a way that's entertaining. Well, because I do it for four days a week, because the other day of the week I cover the San Diego goals. Which is just as bad because they're also in last place. They're well, also 32 out of 32. I will say this. When the Leafs were bad, at least the Marlies were good. I remember that. I, I covered that season in the AHL. Um, I saw the Marlies almost make it all the way. But they lost to the Hershey Bears. The 2016, Marlies against the Hershey Bears. Lost that. And then Ontario Reign lost to the then Lake Area Monsters. And kind of got to see the breaking of the curse in Cleveland that year. That was a weird time in Cleveland, man. <laughs> and I was there for that. Ay, ay, ay. Crazy, so, crazy. I, I, don't, I don't know how I'm still alive covering this team. <laughs> Four years. Well, Jason, I hope your listeners are appreciative of it. Because I certainly would have a very, very tough time if this is what I had to deal with the trauma Leafs on an everyday basis. So I do, I do commend you for that. Uh, Drinking helps. <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> uh, you can, don't worry, Jason. After after a game like this, you can say whatever you need to say to get yeah. it off your chest. Yep. So thank you, Jason, for joining us after a seven nothing loss, unfortunately for the Ducks. Fortunately, a seven nothing win for the Leafs here on the well, on the lock special edition of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, and thanks for listening. And hey, Ducks fly together. <laughs>